Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Parent Q Live. This is Gabriel Cindy with Gabriel Spencer Cabello with Christina Ivy. Great to be here, as always. I'm I'm so glad you're here. Um, we're going to be talking to um, honestly a friend of mine. She's a friend of mine. She may be a friend of yours. By the, you know when you finish the interview or whatever it is. I mean, I'm a little jealous. I'm excited. This is like. A conversation I'm excited to have. Well, I'll just own it. You should own it because this. We were just talking a little earlier, and apparently you were back in 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 Christina high school days, and <laughs> you you owned a cassette tape of this yeah. this this guest. I did. This guest was in my cassette tape days. I probably even have her on a mixtape somewhere. You know, Ooh, when you yeah. bring your favorites together. Yeah. Did, wait, would, did a boy give you the mixtape? No, because oh, that'd okay. be weird. Okay. She's not like boy mixtape <laughs> right, 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 kind, right. Yeah. but it's more like the mixtape you make for yourself to listen to in the morning. Yeah. You know, yeah. you record from one tape deck to the next. Christina, tell us who this who this is. We get to talk to uh, Nicole Nordman. Yes, Nicole Nordman. Um, not only from our days of yesteryear, gone days gone by, but she's she's still doing things, yeah, and incredible things right now. And she is continuing to write, and not only just writing, just poignant, awesome words that yeah. like I'm a lyrics person, so I've Ooh. always been drawn to her work because I feel like she just writes these words that resonate, yeah, um, that I get excited to listen to and repeat and play over and over again. There. The, her lyrics um, do not come from shallow spaces. Yeah. And so now we have a, a chance to have a conversation with her about parenting. Yeah. Uh, about about who she who she is as a parent. I, I actually got to hang out with Nicole and became friends with her in 2013 when we went on a trip together to Canada with a few other friends. And uh, she just, um, she became a quick friend, really easy friend. She's really easy to talk to. But the depth inside of her uh, is something that I think all the listeners are going to um, appreciate. So... Without further ado, let's, let's have the conversation. Let's do it. Talk to Nicole. We're talking to Nicole. Here we go. Hey, Nicole. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. We wanted to talk just a little bit about something that happened a couple years ago. You posted a video online and mm -hmm. it basically just exploded everywhere. Yes. Yes. Um, the name of the song you posted was Slow Down. And in case our listeners were not one of the 30 million people to view the post, <laughs> um, I wanted you to kind of set it up for them. What was the song about? So um, this song came about sort of accidentally. Um, my son was graduating from fifth grade, so he's done with elementary school and launching into middle school. And he goes to a, a small um, private school, and so they, want, they wanted some music for the graduation ceremony and asked if I would sing a song for the class. And I was happy to do that, of course. Um, but I, then I kind of forgot about it. Like I just, it wasn't on my radar until like the night before. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to sing at this thing tomorrow morning. So I was kind of at the piano, you know, just wrestling with like, what do you even sing to middle schoolers without sounding super lame? And I didn't want to embarrass Charlie. And I was trying to just come up with something that I already had written that would be somewhat appropriate for this crew, this um, group of kids. And I just, I don't know, it just kind of hit me sideways, like, this is, like, we're done with elementary school. Like, he is going to middle school, high school will be here before we know it. Like, just the weight of that and how quickly we got here was just so staggering to me. So I made the grave mistake of pulling out photo albums and, you know, just total walk down memory lane of all of his first steps and missing his first tooth and 
his first words. And I just within, you know, 10 minutes, I'm sobbing at my piano. And this, this song, Slow Down, just kind of spilled out of me. Like, it just was sort of my heart at that moment. Like, I just want to freeze time, you know, like this is going too fast and I have no control over it. And um, so I wrote the song and then I sang it the next morning at his little graduation ceremony. And I kind of thought that would be it. You know, I thought it was like just a personal little gift from me to Charlie and his class. And, um, and, and then I played it several months later for my A&R guy at my label who was helping me figure out songs to record. And he was like, yeah, I think this might have a bigger audience than just Charlie's class. <laughs> you know? So he kind of had to talk me into recording it at all. Um, and then from that came that video that was just very low budget. It's basically footage of our friends and their kids. And, you know, I was, I was really surprised and so moved by the response. I guess it's such a universal feeling that parents have about wishing they could freeze a little bit. I was just watching it again this morning and crying. I couldn't help it. I don't, I don't know how many times you have to watch it to just not get emotional. <laughs> um, thinking about my own kids and, and there's yeah. this weird sense as a mom of moments that you want to speed up, mostly days that you just want to speed up. Yes. And, and then years that you, uh, I, you know, my, my least favorite thing right now as a mom, if I'm honest, is opening Facebook um, and they tell me, hey, this was you two years ago. And the only thing I right. really post are pictures of my kids. And so I'm going, right. wait, right. wait, Hensley's not even close to that sweet little right. two-year-old face anymore. Right. Um, so in the, in the aftermath of you realizing that this video was clearly striking a chord with parents everywhere, with people everywhere, you yep. stepped back and did a little bit of thinking about why mm -hmm. that is. I mean, why do you think mm -hmm. maybe these words resonate with so many people? Well, I think because um, the truth is we can't slow down time, of course. That's that's our hope and wish and dream, but that, that's not how it happens. Time marches on quickly. Um, and so I think, I think I just felt like, and this was part of my desire um, to write more about it, um, and to, to just put my thoughts into this book. Cause I just thought if I can't slow down the calendar and I can't slow down their little lives, the best I could do is just to slow myself down. Um, because we are, you know, just as you and I were talking a few minutes ago, like the pace at which we live is so frantic and, um, the hats that we wear all day long and the roles that we play. And, you know, we only, we have the ability to just slow ourselves down. Like, Somebody said to me a long time ago, Nicole, the only person who's ever going to say no is to yourself, to your life, is you. Everyone else is going to say, yes, that's more, 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 more. And just to, like, take a hard look for me, this is what I had to do, take a hard look at my priorities, where I'm, the unnecessary things that I give my time and attention to, like, where can I trim the fat, um, just to really try to be more present in every moment, even the messy ones. Yeah. Now... You mentioned just briefly there that you wrote a book following this concept, um, and that was actually one of the reasons um, we knew we needed to talk to you. I, if I were to make a confession to you, I made a really big mistake when I first saw the book. I saw the book, and I thought that it looked kind of like a clever gift book, maybe, but uh -huh. the kind that has, like, cliche statements that they <laughs> right. sound really pretty and they rhyme, but they don't really connect with right. me. 
how I feel as a mom. Uh, sure. And then I picked it up and I opened it and and still for some reason I was inside my head my first thought was wow this is really well designed. <laughs> Look at these beautiful <laughs> pictures and they, this great color is so pretty. But it took me a minute before I started actually reading, and then I started reading these words that you've put down, and they're just absolutely beautiful. I want to give them to everyone I know that's a mom Thank now, you. because that's I started finding myself in little bits of the real story that you're sharing. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wanted to highlight just a couple of things and kind of ask some questions, talk about it. In the very first yeah. chapter, you say it's, it's a chapter about bravery, which... I loved, Um, but you said it's an extraordinarily brave choice to say yes to new life and that motherhood isn't some rite of passage. It's not just what women do. It's the cry of a mother is, or you said the cry of a mother is the cry of a warrior. So Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. want to unpack that again, because I think that that is, that's really um, a solid statement. But how, how has motherhood helped you understand bravery? Well, um, I am a person who is pretty calculated in the way that I live my life. Like that's just how I'm wired. I'm not a risk taker. I like things to be orderly and organized and, um, alphabetized. And I think, you know, there's no greater wrecking ball to your life than to have a child. Um, and so that for me, just, just surrendering like the fact that, okay, life is no longer going to be this tidy little experience that I have always wanted it to be. Um, now there's this baby who is unpredictable and does not do what chapter three says he's supposed to be doing, eating what he's supposed to be eating or sleeping when he's supposed to sleep. Like I just had to surrender all of that. Um, and still do, you know, I have an eighth grader and it's still not going according to what chapter three says, like he's his own person. And, um, so that, like, I think there is bravery in that. Just, just saying I've been entrusted with this little life. I'm going to do the very best that I can. I'm going to ask for help when I don't have the answers. Um, I'm not going to try to soldier through in my own, my own knowledge and independence. Like mm-hmm. I really need to just surrender to the fact that this is more beautiful and bigger than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. What do you say to a new mom? You had a piece in there where you talk a little bit about um, going to baby showers and everybody asks, you know, you to give advice yeah. to a new mom. And when you've been <laughs> through what you know they're about to experience. <laughs> what is it that oh, I know to someone who's beginning the journey? It's so funny. Baby showers are so different now. Like once you have a child, you just, you see them so differently, like, you know, unpacking all the onesies and everything matches and it's all dreamy and glowy. And like, that's so beautiful. But I know all the moms are like, Oh sister, you don't even know what's going on. <laughs> no idea. Maybe like wedding showers too, bridal showers. But, um, I think that my best advice for new moms is just to ask for help, to find community. Like I'm such an introverted person and I had a really, I had a lot of postpartum depression with my first child and I had a really um, rough baby, like just a very unhappy baby with some complicated stuff going on health wise. And I just, I didn't know how to, for the first time in my life say, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Like, you know, and I finally, that was part of the the bravery and the surrender, finally, like, just trusted a few close friends into the process. And they already knew I was flailing, right? Like, nobody was fooled that I had it all together. But when I finally was able to say, I do, I do not know how to handle this, or I need help, can you please help me? 
Um, those are not words that come naturally to me because I'm just fiercely self-sufficient. That's a great problem in my life. So for new moms, I would say just trust your tribe. Like just ask for help, be vulnerable, be a mess, let yourself be a mess. Everybody is. Um, and there's such strength in just really leaning into your tribe in that way. That's good advice for any parent of any age. Yeah. I think it's hard. I find myself in that same sense trying to you know, be self-sufficient and it's almost one of the hardest areas of life to begin to say, I think I'm failing. I think uh-huh. I'm failing as a parent yeah. is a really difficult thing to own up to or know who you could trust to say, wait, actually, I don't know if my kid's doing okay or I That's don't know true. if I'm doing the right thing. Um, and yet the vulnerability is almost the only the only you know, answer to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like culturally, we're just, um, we're sort of taught that motherhood just, the instinct is natural. And so you just sort of are supposed to, the day that you give birth to a baby or adopt a baby or become a stepmom or whatever the motherhood picture looks like for you, you just automatically like know what to do. Like it's just eight. So there's even more shame in saying, I think I'm not parenting well in this moment because we're, that's really not something that people honor is uh, a mom that doesn't know what she's doing. Like we're supposed to know, you know? Yes. So, Oh, I used to, I laughed when I was early on with my first child and uh, my husband would say, well, what are we supposed to do? And I'm looking at him like, I started this thing right when you did. I know just as much as you do. <laughs> I know we're reading the same book, <laughs> um, but it's the yes. same all the way, all the way through. Um, so when this podcast comes out, we're going to be right in the thick of the holiday season. So I also wanted to jump ahead to another chapter in the book in chapter four. You kind of talk about some things that I think might be especially applicable for this season of the year. Um, you uh-huh. say that. One of the ways we utterly sabotage moments as parents and memories with our children is by trying to micromanage them, mm-hmm. control and shape and orchestrate everything until a moment has become a manipulation. Yeah. How do you see that happening? You know, I think um, we've all just walked into this trap, you know, the Christmas card, picture perfect, um, Instagram filter trap of life. Um, and for me with, with my kids when they were really little, like the holidays just present so many opportunities, um, to fall into that trap. And I tell a story about, um, about going to see Santa Claus. We lived in Dallas for a decade. And so my friend Shannon and I were committed to going and visit this particular Santa Claus every year because we wanted all of our photographs to match the same Santa and it was a big tradition. And um, the Santa just got super popular because he literally looked like literally like Santa. And so the lines got long and obnoxious and it was in the mall and it was like around the block and our toddlers were just melting down and just snot and Cheerios everywhere. And there was like one day she looked at me, she's like, I'm not doing this anymore. There are a million Santas. They don't know. They have no idea. Why are we so committed to this? Why are we obsessing about this Santa? They don't care. And it was like this, you know, Sam, that, that moment just became representative of so many things in my children's life that I'm like, but, but this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is how it's supposed to look. And this is how my mom did it. It's going to be so cute at the end of it. We're all going to hate each other, but it's going to be so cute, you know? So, um, yeah, I think the holidays are uniquely 
set up to sort of make us all crazy in that way. Instead of just embracing like your own Santa, your own traditions, like do it your own way. Your kids are not going to care that the pictures don't match from year to year. No, that's so true. Um, what would you say are some specific ways? I mean, the Santa illustration, I think is so, so powerful and great. I can definitely resonate with that. What are other ways that you would say we can slow down and be present for moments during the holidays? Uh huh. Um, I'm a big fan. I know this is counterintuitive to what everybody else says, but I'm a big fan of just like lowering the bar. I, I'm all about, um, aiming for average around the holidays. Like I just, because it helps me stay more present in the moment. If it has to be a store-bought cake or a store-bought whatever, um, or a, a craft that's like not homemade, you know what I mean? Like in a package, like just be with your kids. Don't, um, don't make things so complicated and perfect. And like, I don't know, like I'm in, in most lives in, in most moments in my life with my children, I just have to constantly minute by minute ask myself, what is my um, motivation here? Why am I, why is the bar so high? Does it have to be homemade? No. Would I rather buy something average and be around the table with my kids laughing and enjoying them, enjoying the memory instead of making the memory for everyone else? Um, that's kind of where I am, not just in the holidays, but in just in life. I think that's great advice. I think sometimes we look around and we go, wait a minute, I don't know if they're enjoying this as much as as I imagined yeah. it in my head before we got to this particular moment. I wish I could remember, I need to find who whose quote this is because it's so brilliant, but I read somewhere years ago, somebody wrote, when my kids bring their friends home from college, I don't want them to say, I can't wait for you to meet my mom. She folds the nicest towels, you know, you know, like that's their memory is wow. Her house, her linen closet is really organized. You're going to love her. Like that's not the goal, you know, create a home full of joy and warmth and a place that your children want to be and return to. That's so good. Yeah. Um, so I know that you put a lot of effort into writing this book because that's kind of the only way a book gets made. You have to put a lot of work into it. And right. so as you're creating this and working on it and trying to, you know, meet deadlines and all the things that goes into it, what were you imagining um, when you imagined the person that you're writing for? I mean, what are your hopes for what this is going to mm -hmm. be for somebody? You know, I just, um, I think, and I don't think this is just because these are my tendencies, but I feel like women um, are prone to isolate themselves, especially when things get hard. We sort of go um, internal and underground, and of course everything looks great from the curb, but we tend to really um, isolate from one another when things are hard. And so I think with this book, I just wanted to encourage women and remind them that there is such strength in doing it with doing it with doing life with other people, like mm -hmm. doing infancy, doing to the toddler years, doing the teenage years, like just really leaning into some close trusted friends. It doesn't need to be, a group of 10 girlfriends. I've never had that group. I've only had like a couple really close friends my whole life, but, but sort of raising your hand and saying, I don't have this figured out. I'm ready to, to glean from the wisdom of women who are further along the path than I am and can um, help me. Um, like that, once I finally surrendered to that, that was really powerful in my parenting. It made me feel like I'm not crazy and, 
um, just made me feel less alone and more encouraged. So I think that is one of my desires for this book. That's incredible. I love the distinction you made just there between a group of 10 girlfriends. In my brain, I automatically go to that image of big girlfriend gathering. Everybody's out there all dressed up and looking awesome. Um, My gosh. Post to somebody that you can text right away and just go, I am falling apart right now. Yeah. Please for Starbucks stat. (laughs) Yes. That is amazing. Now, for somebody who's maybe listening to this or going, that sounds great. I would really like just one person in my life that I could open up to and be real about what's happening right now as Mm -hmm. a parent and just in my own personal life. Where do you think Mm -hmm. we find that? I mean, how how does that happen? I think that um, vulnerability is contagious. And so in my life, when I have felt isolated and alone, maybe by, by my own doing and choosing, Almost every time, and this is true of, of, of all areas of life, it's true of um, when marriage is hard, it's true when um, finances are hard, when parenting is hard, if, if you're the first person that seeks out someone that you feel like is trustworthy and kind of dip your toe in the water first and, and you're the first one to say, man, I just got to be honest, like life is really rough right now around this area, almost always it just instantly lowers people's defenses. They, they see and know that you are also trustworthy because you're not afraid of maintaining this perfect, you know, illusion. Um, and almost always it's reciprocated. Like the number of times I've started a conversation like that with someone who I suspected could be a good friend to me and, and received right, right away. Like, Oh, thank God you said that. I'm so glad you said that. I'm right there with you. I thought I was the only one feeling that way. You know, I just had that conversation this week with some stuff that my son's going through at school. And I'm like, is it just me? Am I doing something wrong? Like, and I said that to a mom that I don't know very well. And she's like, oh my gosh, eighth grade is hard. Thank you for saying that. I did not know, you know, so it's just, it's just being the first one sometimes. That's great. So we love at Parent Q, one of the things we like to do is to give a parent a simple cue because kind of the, the goal of kind of our brand is to say, here's one thing you could do or try this week that would help Mm -hmm. you win as a parent. So you don't have to do all the things. You don't have to read all the books. You don't have to go all the places. If you could do one Mm -hmm. thing to raise the bar on your parenting this week, um, what would be something Mm -hmm. you would tell a parent that they could do? I would say um, do one thing that is just for yourself. I, I would say choose a radical self-care moment, which usually means saying no to your kids about something that they want you to do. Like, and I'm talking about like, it's like a 10 minute thing. Like I'm going to go to my room now and sit down with a magazine or whatever it is. Like we have to take care of ourselves. Women have to be better about self-care or we have, we'll have nothing to give our kids and they need to see that. They need to see um, strong women who are committed to holistic care of their mind, body, and spirit. Um, that's how they learn to do the same things for themselves. So I would say do one thing nice for yourself. Um, don't apologize for it and, um, and watch how that sort of, um, trickles down a little bit into your kids understanding that you're a strong, whole, healthy woman. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us and being here. Uh, to talk about this and everything that it looks like to slow down and really be present in the moments. You bet. Thanks. So fun to talk to you. Thank you so much.
wherever you are, I hope that you didn't miss that cue from Nicole that the best thing you can do for your kids this week is to ignore them for a minute and do just one thing for yourself. Choose a radical self-care moment. Be willing to say no to your kids. Go to your room. Close the door. Do whatever it takes to take care of you so that you can be at your best. Um, I know that's something I'm going to put into practice this week. Uh, Thank you so much to Nicole for the encouragement. And thank you to you, our listener, for tuning in and staying with us. Uh, We'll have a recap of this episode and a link to this week's giveaway in the show notes at theparentq.org forward slash episode 55. And for those of you that want more from Nicole, I would encourage you to check out our Instagram because we're going to be giving away her new book and new album. Her new album is Every Mile Mattered, and on Every Mile Mattered, she also has a version of the song that we were referencing at the beginning of the episode that she recorded with her daughter, Pepper. It's amazing and adorable and incredible, and I've listened to it on repeat a number of times, but we'll be giving away that new book and new album to two winners All you have to do is follow ParentQ on Instagram for a chance to win. As always, thank you so much for listening to ParentQ Live. If this podcast has helped you, challenged you, or encouraged you in any way, we'd love for you to share it. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. We're going to be taking the next couple of weeks off to do a little something for ourselves and our families. And the same to you. We hope that you enjoy the holidays and we'll see you back in a couple of weeks. Hmm.